Let's begin in a kind of boring place, or at least just a normal one, one that you might walk through and never give a second thought. And plenty of people do. On any given day, people pass through the lobby of Forte Sports Medicine and Orthopedics in Carmel, Indiana, just outside of Indianapolis. They're there to treat various sports injuries, things like ruptured Achilles heels, to figure out whether a sore knee or hip needs to be replaced. Normal stuff in a normal place. But on their way to their appointments, they'll pass a display. The display is full of x-rays, which makes sense given the nature of the office. But these x-rays are in a kind of strange condition. They've been cut into round shapes. Got a little hole in the middle. They almost look like vinyl records. And not only do they almost look like them, they almost play like them, too. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're going to rock. Around six o'clock, tonight, put it I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And today, we're going back in time to the height of the Cold War. In the Soviet Union, these x-rays didn't just give you a look inside the human body. They also gave people a glimpse of the outside world, a world that had been hidden from them, unless you could get your hands on one of these, a bone record. That's after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. To get into this story, we leave Indianapolis in 2023 and we go to Moscow in the 1950s, the very height of the Cold War. This is the Kremlin, citadel of Russian communism. In the 1950s, the Soviet Union and the United States formed an agreement that opened the door for uh, college exchange programs. This is Christopher Lewis. He's the executive director of the Great American Songbook Foundation, an organization which aims to preserve the history of American music. Of course, on the surface, that looked like, you know, a real step forward in collaboration and uh, exchange of thought. Really, what it provided was an opportunity for the KGB and the CIA to spy on each other. One of the people chosen for this exchange was a young man named Richard Judy. He was working on his Ph.D. in economics, and Richard was sent to Russia's capital, Moscow. Looking closer, we see public display of giant portraits of communist leaders. 
to this young American grad student, Moscow was a big change of scenery. And soon, Richard learned that there would be more changes and more restrictions on his activities than there ever were at home. He was a music lover, and he loved jazz in particular, and was disheartened to find out when he got there that it was illegal. Not just jazz, but rock and roll, anything Western, of course, because it's the beginning of the Cold War. So anything, you know, American was, was illegal, but also Russian folk music. Even music from Russian singers who had left the country was banned. There was a surprisingly um, tight rein on anything musical and the arts. Um, you know, it's a communist country. They suppress anything that's going to promote free thought um, or exchange of new ideas. So the only music that was available was what was approved by the USSR state censors. Patriotic songs were obviously a, a pretty safe bet. So, you know, you could always get your hands on the Soviet anthem. But this was just not cutting it for Richard Judy and his music habit. Luckily, he had made friends with a local guy. Yeah, he had a guy. And that guy's name was Vitali, or Vit Scrub. That was his nickname. And Vit shared Richard's passion for jazz. Supposedly, Vit's father was in the KGB. Maybe Vit was even supposed to be spying on Richard. Who knows? But Vit definitely turned out to have a little bit of an anti-establishment streak. And Vit had this other friend named Oleg, who was an entrepreneur. And together, they showed Richard where he could get his tunes. He would have to go to Moscow's black market. So picture this. Fresh-faced young Richard ducks into an empty Moscow alleyway and approaches a man in a big winter coat. He looks around a couple of times to make sure that he hasn't been followed. And the man reaches his hand into his sleeve and pulls out this stack of transparent gray film, which is all still curved from being rolled around his arm. He hands one to Richard, and Richard holds it up to the light, and it is an x-ray. It is an image of a rib cage. But once Richard takes it home and flattens it out, he puts it on the turntable, and it plays. These were the bone records, or as they were known in the Soviet Union, ryobra, or ribs, as in music on ribs, jazz on bones. Play that sweet, sweet bone music. What's interesting about them is that each one is unique uh, because there was no mass production. This is true bootlegging in, in, in every sense of the word. These were done, you know, by individuals, and so every record uh, is different. These were bootleg records, all printed on old x-rays. At the time, hospitals had huge storage areas filled with old x-ray images, and they were printed on this highly flammable film, and they needed to be discarded every few years. So hospitals were eager to get rid of them, especially if a person like Oleg showed up at the back door with a small bottle of vodka for their troubles. Most of them are chest x-rays because during that time they were doing chest x-rays for um, tuberculosis. And so there was an abundance of 
chest x-ray. So when you find one that's a wrist or a hand or a leg or a skull, it's pretty exciting. Once the x-ray film was acquired, the bootlegger would take them home and get to work. You had to take the x-ray and sort of generally cut it into the shape of a record. They're crudely cut. The circle in the middle, you know, we've always been told it was a cigarette that burned the hole in the middle. But then when you think about the x-rays being highly flammable, I'm not sure that is entirely (laughs) the case or only the case. Then you'd actually have to record the record on the film. And to do this, they used a lathe, which could dig little grooves into the x-ray film. They would record using a, a equipment that was snuck in from other places like Germany, or in some cases, they could fashion their own recording lathes out of materials they could find. And then they had to get the song itself. To do this, the bootlegger might turn to a clandestine radio station. Both the BBC and the Voice of America pumped broadcasts into the USSR. And then the bootlegger would just have to sit there and hope they were going to play something good. And once he heard it, he'd let it rip. Then, voila. From the radio to the lathe to the x-ray, you had a Bill Haley and his Comets record. Now, in terms of the sound quality, there was a huge range. Some actually sounded okay. Others were super weird and distorted. They were really ephemeral. I mean, these were never going to last. And usually after a few... Uh, turns on the turntable, in some cases they would, you know, I've read of some of them shredding, you know, after so many plays. Nevertheless, being caught making or selling these bone records was a huge risk. Bootleggers often had all of their stuff confiscated. Some did lengthy prison sentences. In Moscow, Richard collected as many of these bone records as he could find. Elvis, Haley and the Comets, the Andrew Sisters... And when his exchange program ended, he brought them back to the United States. Some he gave away to friends, others he kept for his personal collection, which sat in his house for 50 years. Until in 2013, an archivist at the Great American Songbook Foundation got a call about a very unusual collection of records that a local man, Richard Judy, was interested in donating. And she very politely said, you know, could you send me an inventory and I'm happy to take a look. And he said, no, you are going to want to see this. You know, they had a couple of conversations and he wore her down and she went and visited and came back and said, I, this is going to blow your mind. Chris remembers the first time he heard the Bone Records. It was a recording of the Andrews Sisters. A little man walked up and down and found an eating place in town. It sounds like it's on the wrong speed, you know, it's it's really warbly and slow. But what hit me about it was the fact that that was good enough for someone who didn't have access to anything. It says so much about the power of music and the arts. The foundation spent the next few years learning as much as they could about the bone vinyls. They also wanted to get their collection out more into the community. Chris kind of explained the bone records, and I was, he had me at hello. 
This is Marty Rosenberg. He's the CEO of Forte Sports Medicine and Orthopedics. He also is on the board of the Great American Songbook Foundation. And Marty was intrigued by the records for a lot of reasons. I mean, for him, the parallels were kind of irresistible. You know, a couple of those bone records are things that we might have been able to take care of. But besides the connection to the bones themselves, he thought that many of his older patients who were coming in for knee or hip replacements might have a special appreciation for these records. These were the sounds of their youth. So Marty got to work on bringing the display to Forte. It opened in October of 2022, and he says since then it has been a big hit. I was coming into our, our, our lobby area where the exhibit is installed, and his older gentleman and his wife were sitting down in the chairs, and they were holding hands and just having a, you know just a kind of a sweet moment, and they were reminiscing about the music of the era, you know, like their courtship period. Uh, it was as sweet as could be, and you know they they kept on hitting the button on rock around the clock and they giggled. It was it was it was beautiful. Music and art stirs the soul uh, and the consciousness. And these people for music were willing to risk their life, liberty, or freedom to enjoy. So it does say a lot about the power of music. I do scratch my head and say, what would I be willing to risk in return for something like that? Thank you to Christopher Lewis and Marty Rosenberg for telling us the story of the Bone Records. If it's a subject that is interesting to you, you may want to check out the documentary Free to Rock. It is a documentary that I worked as an editor on many, many, many years ago. But it's all about this period in Soviet history when people were figuring out how to make rock and roll music in a very oppressive environment. It is just a really interesting little moment in history. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. This episode was produced by Amanda McGowan. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire, Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There's a link in our episode description. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Now playing in Los Angeles. Exquisite food and drink. World-class art everywhere. Spectacular sports and dazzling Hollywood attractions. LA offers 
The full variety of food scene, from game-changing taco trucks to 35 Michelin stars. And did you know that Los Angeles has more museums and theaters than New York? It is indeed scandalous, but also unfortunately true. So get your fix in music, film, comedy, or world-class museums in L.A. Plus, you can get a behind-the-scenes movie magic with a world-famous studio tour. That is something that should be on everybody's bucket list. Start here with discoverla.com.